The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. But God series is a production of Eden Chapel in the EC Podcast. These episodes are a collection of interviews that testify of God's faithfulness in the midst of great trials. I'm your host, Bobby Payne. With me today is Shelly and Adam Gossett. How are you guys doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing, doing good. I'm doing good. We're glad that you're here today to share with us. Um, little backstory. I didn't tell them I was going to say this, but um, we call Adam the goose. We can call him the goose. <laughs> And Shelly and I grew up together, and we dug a lot of ditches in the mountains of East Tennessee growing up. So That's right. I'm glad to have you guys here again. So if you don't mind, um, will you give us a little bit of information about yourselves, both individually and then as a couple as we start off today? Well, thank you all for having us. And um, my name's Shelly Gossett. I'm born and raised here in Seymour all of my life. Uh, went through uh, elementary, K through 12, all through Seymour schools and um, actually became a school teacher, and now actually I'm a teacher at Seymour Intermediate School, um, but I'm on maternity leave this year. And um, was born and raised here, went to a local church, grew up there, um, basically from the time I was in the womb all the way up till Adam and I met um, and were engaged and um, went to that church. But at a, as a young girl, um, God saved me uh, when I was at home, and was just very broken over my sin and just seeing my brokenness and being separated from God and knowing that I was in need of a savior. And, um, the only way for that, um, was a relationship through Jesus Christ and knowing that he was the only way, um, and, and seeing that I needed to repent of my sin and believe and trust in Jesus for my faith. And, um, so I went through, Definitely some ups and downs in life and stuff, but having a an earlier foundation um, as a Christian and just relying on God and um, seeing Him through through all things of trials and and things that we've gone through, but um, always looking back to Him through all that we had done. So, Adam, you want to go ahead? I'm Adam Gossett. I just recently became a deacon here at Eden Chapel for maintenance. Um, I, too, was born and raised in Seymour. Grew up and went to Seymour with Shelly, with Bobby. Um, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll get into my, my story a little bit later, but uh, uh, I, I thought I was a Christian growing up. I went to, to church uh, my whole life, and, and uh, through this situation, through... Uh, what we're going to talk about through Elijah, uh, God used that to, uh, bring me to himself and, uh, and, and I, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that this situation has been used by God and can be seen by others. And I hope that it will edify the people that hear it. So again, I, I, I know that the, what we're going to talk about today it's going to be difficult, um, but just know that there is going to be somebody listening to this that that is going to need to hear it. And so um, if one of you would like to just kind of introduce us, 
to our focus for today. Okay. Um, oh yeah, let's do that. Let's <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Sorry, I kind of skipped right over that. Um, yeah, talk about uh, how you guys met, got together, your marriage, and then and then we'll get started. So Adam and I went to school together. He was a year ahead of me in school, and so seventh and eighth grade was our first, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend for the two week thing that <laughs> was the cool thing back then. Pass notes each other in the hallway, um, whatnot. But uh, we also dated in high school. Uh, my sophomore year, his junior year, um, and dated for a couple months then. And he was the the typical sports jock guy I guess and um I was a major ed and so we uh I was there at every game to cheer him on and <laughs> root for him um but we went our ways and still became friends but it was actually kind of funny because Kara which is um oh Johnny Mitchell's wife here and uh she and I were really close all through school and we were actually at her brother Wes's baseball game and um, here comes Adam walking in with his dad. And I hadn't seen him in a long time, so through a mutual friend, we both actually messaged, text, whatever, him that night. And I got each other's number and started texting, talking. That was my sophomore year of college. And um, we started dating. Then my senior year of college, I guess, we um, were engaged and then got married that August after I graduated and um, have been married now for celebrating 13 years in August. Yeah. And <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and we have um, two beautiful children here and three angel babies. And that's part of our focus today is that we'll be talking about, um, you know, our road with having a lodge and everything and, and looking at through trials and tribulations that... Um, you know, the, from Ephesians 2, the God um, being rich in his mercy and how he, through any trial, um, struggle, anything like that, you can always look to God and see that no matter what you go through, but God, you know, he is there and he's ever present in our storms and our trials. And um, so that's, do you want to add something about our little life story. Uh, I will say that uh, Shelly has dealt with a whole lot over the years. <laughs> I will say that. Again, thank you guys for being here. And so if you would, and again, take all the time that you need, um, walk us all the way through your pregnancy with your son, Elijah. Okay, so um, we had been married for five years, and we said we were going to wait five years to have kids. And almost made it to the day, five years, because we got married on August 16th, and Adley's birthday is August 13th, so we're really close to that five-year mark. But um, we had Adley, and then about two years later, we had started talking about having another child. And so um, we honestly have never had difficulties on that. That's been a big struggle um, with many is actually getting pregnant, and I have a lot of friends that have gone through in vitro and many forms of um, just fertility of trying to get pregnant. And so, you know, God has truly blessed us and we've never had any issues or battles of, of getting pregnant. And, um, and so we found out 
I guess it was the end of August, so right after Adley's second birthday, that we were expecting again. And um, we had gone to, I think, the first ultrasound, and everything seemed fine, but they did say the baby was measuring, you know, like a little off, but the heart rate and everything looked good. And so they had had me call come back, I think it was like two weeks later, and um, during this time, um, it's kind of one of those looking back that how God was using it, but Adam had been on the railroad for the first five years of our marriage, and so, and he was traveling, he would be gone literally from Sunday to Thursday every week, and so it was really just Friday and Saturday, we got to spend time together, sometimes he got to go to church, other times he didn't. And so we were plugged in, you know, at another church. Um, and so through that, um, God brought Adam home to work at, it was Alcoa Aluminum at the time, but Arconic. And so through that, he was able to actually go because he worked second shift. He was able to go to every doctor's appointment, which was great because with Adley, you know, it was like send pictures, you know, FaceTime, things like that, which thankful for that technology. But, um, through that, you know, looking back, it was really, God knew exactly the road we were about to walk. And through that is knowing that Adam needed to be there through the experience. And so the second or third time they did an ultrasound, they had found out there were some complications. And so they said through that, that they wanted to send me to high risk UT. So we went, it was probably first week in October, and they did the um, a blood draw to check to see there was issues because through talking to a genetic counselor, they said that there was a possibility through some of the complications they were already seeing with the baby um, was that there was a possibility he could have genetic issues. And so I'll never forget. It's just like I feel like it's I relived the day so much. But um, we had had... The, I had had the blood drawn and was going to actually take Adam dinner that night. And um, the genetic counselor called me from high risk and she said, you know, when I call, I'm either going to have, you know, good news, everything checked out. It was just, you know, something that came up that maybe it was just an issue. We need to check a little bit more and give the baby some more time. And um, that day was actually October 15th. And so for many people that are possibly... Um, you know, have struggled with miscarriages, anything like that, that October 15th is called Infant Awareness Loss Day. And um, it's it's a day where many families come together. They will light a candle in honor um, or memory of a family or, you know, loved one or just a child they've either lost, infant loss, childhood loss, miscarriages, or fertility issues. And so I'll never forget, I was driving down Elko Highway and I pulled over and uh, the Jeanette counselor talked to me, and she said, Shelly, she said, you're in the 99th percentile for trisomy 18. And I just felt like my world was crashing, but in the same sense, had this full peace that came over me. And she explained to me, you know, that there's, we had already talked a little bit about this genetic issue, and with trisomy 18, there's a good chance that you don't even make it to 20 weeks. And she said, if the baby makes it to 20 weeks, then, you know, there's a good chance that the baby won't make it till their first birthday. Just because with this 
this issue, there's a lot of issues with the heart, brain, um, just just many birth abnormalities and complications. And so I kind of held it together. And then she said, because with this test is also what a lot of people use now to find out the birth early. And she said, do you want to know what you're having? And I said, yes. And she said, it's a boy. And that's kind of when I lost it because I just knew it was like, we have Adley and now we're going to have this little boy. And so I went and picked up Adam's dinner and then went to him and just kind of fell into him. And I just, you know, I just cried for a moment and just lay there and and kind of got my composure together. And I was like, okay, I've got to drive home. We've got to figure this out. But as I was driving home, I just blasted my radio up and I cried out to God and I said, I said, he's yours. I said, you've given us to him. And I said, whatever time you will give us, I said, I want to bring glory to you because whatever you allow, whatever time that may be, he's a gift you've given us. And I just had, just sang the whole way home and just this peace poured over me. And, you know, people will talk all the time about this, this peace, you know, beyond understanding that God gives. And, and scripturally he says that, you know, he will provide peace to us. And, and I, I truly felt that peace pour over me. And, and during this pregnancy, it was, you know, every time, every kick, every movement, it was, there was an appreciation there. And I feel like a lot of times we take for granted just what a miracle that a child is, that the conception that God has created, this beautiful creation, that we are image bearers. And to know that whatever time, whether it be to 20 weeks that God gave us, or whether it to be to one year, that whatever time that he gave us was a gift from him and that I would choose to not go in a corner or shout angrily to God, why, why me? Um, although I did have those questions sometimes, I'm not going to lie. Um, but to know that God was in control no matter what and whether it be that time or whether he chose to completely heal Elijah, that that was a God, that was his plan for our life. And we, we made it past 20 weeks and some abnormalities were still there and everything. And, um, like I said, it was great cause Adam got to be at every doctor's appointment and um, which was just a blessing in and of itself because going there on your own and every time you went to have an ultrasound or they were listening, it was, you know, constantly praying, you know, is there going to be a heartbeat? Is today the day, you know, is today the day we have to say goodbye and so through that and through walking through that, there was many, many tears shed. And, but through that, it was constantly God was still giving us this peace and just knowing that he was in control no matter what and that he had a plan and his plan is perfect. And whether it's our plan and what we want selfishly, yes, I wanted our son to be healed and I wanted him and I wanted to have that life with him. But I knew ultimately, no matter what, that God would use this. And um, I know Adam will be able to tell you a little bit how God just used him. But Elijah had many abnormalities. Um, one was he had an enlarged heart. And 
we were scheduled to be induced on March 30th. And my last appointment at high risk was on March 29th. And we go in that morning and every, every week they were doing ultrasounds and he had to pass these tests on his movement and fluid and just, there was five different tests. And so that day they were just like, he's not really responding. And, and so I was like, okay, God, you know, this is their day, you know, what's, what's it going to be? Cause we had met with the NICU doctors. We had met with nurses. We had met with palliative care and, um, just didn't know exactly what, what road we would take, um, through this. And so we, we head over to the hospital and they're like, okay, you know, we're going to go ahead and get you induced, um, and go ahead and do it a day early. And so, um, as the nurse came in and was trying to do my IV, she just was not having any luck at all. And bless her heart, she was trying really hard, but was like digging to the bone. And I was about to pass out and just all this <laughs> was going on. And, and so I, I started, I was like, Adam, I'm going to pass out. Like she needs to stop. I'm going to pass out or I'm going to punch her. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just back off, please. And so, um, through that though, we knew that Elijah's body was just weakening. And, um, and so after they just, they kind of let me go, then the doctor came in and they had brought a portable ultrasound and I already knew in my heart that he had passed, but, um, they were, they came in and of course they were trying in their best interest to block out because by this time I felt like I was a pro at ultrasounds. Um, and I knew I knew he was gone. I knew his little body, his heart can handle it. And uh, those were some of the hardest words to hear from a doctor, too, is that he was gone. And so I lay there. And again, God's peace just poured over me. And I needed it. I needed his grace in that moment. I needed his arms to surround me. But I also knew that my son was no longer in the presence with me, but he was being held by our Savior. And I guess that's the peace that God gave me, is knowing that through this trial and through this battle of walking, that he was safely protected in my in the wound. And then he was wrapped up in Jesus' arms. And so he hopefully did not have to suffer long. He did not have to come into this world and be hooked up to who knows how many machines and and struggle and everything. And so there there definitely were questions because I do not both talked about, you know, that was one question, you know, well, you know, God, why did we make it this far? And then I didn't get to see him alive. But again, looking back on that, I knew that, that God knew that we probably couldn't make those decisions to say, okay, you know, take him off life support, take him off this. I knew that God knew that was a decision that Adam and I would probably have a very difficult time in making. And so I just remember after he passed, then they went ahead and, you know, prepared basically got my body ready to deliver and so it was he was born at eleven fifty 
six, I think that night. So right before midnight. And, um, he was there and four pounds, almost five pounds. He was still a pretty good sized baby, but we knew he would have a smaller birth weight being, I was 30, almost 38 weeks whenever I had him. And, um, but I just remember he was lying there and the nurse took him over to weigh him and everything. I just immediately started singing, Jesus loves me. This I know. Because the Bible does tell us so. And through just seeing him, again, I had this reassurance and hope that he was resting peacefully in our Savior's arm. And knowing that through that trial, you know, that, that God had given this precious gift to us. And through my pregnancy, there was one verse, and I know this kind of goes... Um, later on, but there was one verse that I went to quite often, and it was Romans 8.18. And it said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And I feel in that moment that God was revealing to me that even though that Elijah wasn't with us, that he was in the presence of him, that he was perfect, and that he wouldn't have to live a life hooked up to continuous machines or we wouldn't be asking yourself is this is this his last day is this his last day you know that God's plan is perfect no matter what and um and through that I'll let Adam tell a little bit of his story of how God used Elijah but I feel like God is continuously using Elijah and many times people will ask how many children I have and so they'll see Adley and Uriah which is our little rainbow blessing. If you don't know what a rainbow baby is, it's a baby that you have after a, an infant loss or a miscarriage. And um, we have three babies in heaven because right before we had Uriah, I was actually pregnant with twins. And um, to go into that just briefly, um, after that, Adam was a fairly new Christian. Um, whenever we were pregnant with the twins. And so whenever we lost them, um, I was eight weeks pregnant and miscarried with them. And we actually found out they had a genetic issue as well. And they had trisomy 13, which was more severe than what Elijah had. And so um, we just, we cling to God knowing that, again, he has a plan. And we wanted to grow our family. So what did that look like? Do we continue to try? Because now we've had two pregnancies that have had genetic complications but then we have Adley who was a perfectly healthy baby and so we just continued just to put that in God's hands and he has given us Uriah now which is almost 10 months old and um but just seeing that and seeing how I I do love to talk about all five of my children um and Adley will definitely tell everybody <laughs> that she has three babies in heaven, and then Uriah. Um, but I know we'll talk a little bit more um, how God is continuously using that, but I'll let Adam talk a little bit about um, how God has used Elijah. Thank you. Go ahead, Adam. Well, through this situation, um, I tried to stay, the whole, whole time through the pregnancy, I tried to stay by Shelly's side and be 
a rock to her. And you were. And uh, I didn't. I didn't really know what strength was until I I watched her go through it. And uh, as as we as we lost Elijah, um, my biggest question, me looking at everything wrongly, was how could this happen to my wife? You see, I I knew who I was. I mean, I wouldn't admit it to anybody, but I knew. But. If anybody knows my wife, you will say that uh, she's a great person and she'll do anything for anybody and and uh, she's a great friend. Well, after after we buried Elijah, um, God had uh, allowed me to I guess I didn't I don't think God allowed me but I just sank into my sin I uh, I I did not care anymore about living a lie I did not care about uh, keeping an appearance uh, I, I basically went off the rails and uh, there was no there no was no moral morality or uh, legality that I was trying to uphold. There was no uh, picture that I was trying to to paint for anybody. Uh, I didn't care what people thought, and I got out in my sin. Uh, there was there was many nights that uh, basically every night that alcohol would. would be a part of of my my life and I would just get lost in all the emotional pain and hurt that I could not understand and uh, basically since I couldn't understand it I blamed God for it uh, and through this uh, there's a lot of other sin going on uh, Shelly and I we're basically on the brink of divorce. I basically, uh, I tried to manipulate her into to being the one to end it. <laughs> but I wouldn't let you go, please. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of prayer. A lot of crying out to God in those moments too. But uh, but God sent Sophia to put some in my life that would uh would call me out on what I said versus how I lived because I still claim I still claim to be a Christian, uh, but I lived however I wanted to so basically they 
they came and uh, they they asked me, why do you think you're a Christian? And I couldn't answer that. No, I, I could say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross, but we live in the South. Everybody believes that Jesus lives on the cross. Mm. So, uh, so they, they, they kept uh, gracefully asking me these questions, putting me on the pedestal, or putting me in a place where I had to answer them. And, uh, and I, I slowly, God started opening my eyes to who I was versus who he was. Uh, I was able to uh, finally start getting in the Bible and asking questions. And uh, my stepdad, he's, he's a pastor as well. Uh, I would call him and, and basically ask him why people thought they were saved when they obviously wasn't. I was really asking about myself, but I, uh, I would... I would ask him these things, and I was extremely mad, uh, but extremely confused all at once. And uh, through that, God humbled me to the point where I finally admitted I'm not a Christian. God allowed me to see my sin versus a, a holy and righteous God versus his law um, versus Jesus who fulfilled the law. And I could not answer for that. And I, I, I knew when God opened my eyes that nothing I did would ever be good enough. And... Uh, And I can remember the, the day calling Shelly. What a glorious day. Amen. But she just, I said, baby, I think I got saved for the first time. And she just cried. And it wasn't a, a quick or clean road. There's a lot of repentance, a lot of sanctification. Uh, but we have seen reconciliation through Christ's reconciliation and uh, and I, I know this is a hard situation but God seemed fit seemed fit to to use it for his glory and I pray that he's still using it for his glory and I know that he is uh, thank you for that um, what a unimaginably difficult situation um, but God, yes. but God, right? Yeah. And so how would you encourage others or what advice would you give to those who are going through or have gone through some sort of traumatic situation? Um, how could you encourage those people? Because you guys went through it. And to sit in this room with two people that I've known for a very long time and just be completely encouraged and in awe of how God's been working through your lives. Um, just tell the listeners, what, what could you say to them 
um, as they go through something or if they go through something traumatic like this? I would say um, that I think every person has some type of trial that God sends them through. Um, Some definitely are um, extremely life-altering that kind of I tell people all the time, you know, they'll say, wow, I can't, your, your faith, your faith. And I'm like, it's not me. <laughs> it is not me. Um, if it were Shelly, I would literally probably be in a padded room somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it is not me. Um, that I always want people to see that on my own, I would just be a completely broken mess, probably just down a road of chaos. Um, and just knowing that it's God, um, that it's it's through Him alone that I was able to get up every day and go to work, and to go to every appointment, and to see that even when you get heart wrenching news that feels like it's life ending, um, that your your world stops for a moment. But knowing, um, you know, I, I always say that. I don't know how people get through things like this without God because um, it, it can be. It can definitely lead you down to many different roads of um, just completely turning from Him, you know, being angry. And, and I'm not going to say there wasn't moments where, you know, like I said, I, I asked God why or why can't He just, why can't it be trisomy 21? Because then He would have Down syndrome and, you know, my mom worked in special ed and I've lived a life, you know, just being around kids that are in special education and education, excuse me. And, you know, why, why, why can't he, God, why can't he have, you know, why can't he have Down syndrome? Like we can do that. Like, but, you know, looking at it, it's, it's always, you know, people many times they'll say looking back, you know, we always say looking back, you know, but truly looking back and seeing every step of the way that no matter what, God does not leave or forsake you. And knowing that whatever trial, um, whether it be a job loss, whether it be, um, you know, losing a family member, losing um, a parent. I mean, we, we all have different trials that we face, but it's it's learning that we can't put our faith in ourselves because we're going to let ourselves down. Um, we're going to lead ourselves to decisions and constantly be asking why and you know god why me why me that's that's human nature that we want to ask that but just constantly leaning on him and his word and his promises and um i will say that through this like i said there's uh i found so many i love the bible app uh, from you version but there was so many different grief um devotions that i would go through and just you know, about, you know, even just miscarriage, but just grief. And I will say, um, that it's, it's okay to have feelings of anger. It's okay. Like people just feel like they can't, I'm a Christian. I can't show my anger. And, you know, it's, it's okay to an extent to ask God why, you know, because are you really human if you're not asking those questions? But I think ultimately knowing and seeing that even when you have those questions that God has a plan and his plan is perfect. And we just continuously being in his word 
and knowing that um that no matter no matter what trial that you face no matter what road you walk down no matter what tomorrow holds for you that God is in control and that he does have a plan and that his his plan is perfect and it may not be your plan but knowing that you can fall on your knees before a righteous God a sovereign God and knowing that no matter what you've been through no matter what situation that you've been through that um God is there and and he will draw you to him and even in those hardest moments that you will see that no matter what that he will receive glory and and people say all the time well you know how 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 can losing a child like how can you be happy about this like I'm like oh I'm not happy you know but I do have joy you know I have joy in God and I have peace in him and so no like my plan yes I wanted Elijah I wanted I was like what parent doesn't want their child um and just knowing that just through that day in and day out of when you when you have your hard days is to lean on him and to trust his word and trust in his promises and know that like I said in Romans eight eighteen that there's an eternal reward there um if you are in Christ that one day you know all of all of our trials all of our tears will be completely wiped away whenever we get to stand before our our God our Savior who died on the cross and and a lot of times I'll be talking to Adley because Adley was two and a half whenever we had Elijah and so it wasn't until you know probably four or five that she really started understanding she had Elijah I was pregnant with him but he wasn't here and so we definitely walked through a lot of grief with her and and I feel that grief is a very important thing. Um, I feel that a hundred percent everybody grieves in a different way, um, and I think respectfully understanding that as a married couple, that if you're married and going through something like this, that um, you need to be supportive of one another and know that your grief may be that you need to talk about this all the time. Or it may be something where you you may be shut down um, in understanding that your grief may look completely different than your partner or it may be completely different than a parent or a child, but you have to grieve. Otherwise, it will completely be something that just tears you apart. Um, and so whatever that looks like for you versus whatever that looks like for me is completely different. Um, but I feel like, you know, just as a, as a human being, we have to grieve. We have to, we have to go through that process. And there's many different stages of grief, and I learned that. And I um, went through counseling um, as a time through that, and as a time through where our marriage was extremely rocky, of just just seeing how to navigate the grief that I was having, and um, and that was very beneficial and helpful to me. But ultimately, learning and and helping Adley through the process and. And through that, it's always trying to talk about Elijah, but pointing her to Christ through this and saying, you know, Adley, we gave up Elijah, but ultimately think about what God had to do when he sent his son who lived a perfect and sinless life. And he had to watch his son be beaten, be abused, broken, 
and nailed to a cross and die a very painful and shameful death on the cross and trying to point her to that and saying, yes, you know, I, it shattered my heart that we lost Arizona. But how did God feel whenever he sent his son to a sinful world that, you know, just killed his son and, um, and understanding that and just using every opportunity that God does give us, um, to point others to Christ. And, um, so no matter what trial you see that you're walking through, I just encourage you to, um, seek help. Number one, whatever that looks like, whether that's just a friend. Um, and I will say we had an amazing support system of family, of friends that were constantly in prayer for us, um, that just continuously helped us through, through, um, the pregnancy as well as after. And, um, just still to this day, people will talk about, and we're actually coming up on Elijah's birthday. Um, it's next Monday, March 29th. And I kind of, it was a couple months after Uriah was born that I kind of, it hit me, but Uriah's birthday is May 29th. And so, um, I was kind of like thinking, I was like, hmm. You know, it's one of those, like, thank you, God, because now both my boys are on the 29th, <laughs> March and May. But um, it's, I, I, I won't lie, I still have um, the other night, actually, I was having a rough day because March 18th is Trisomy 18 Awareness Day. And so just moments like that, I will say, you know, I still have, definitely miss him every single day, but knowing um, just where he is, where he's resting in a perfect place and longing to be there. Um, but just having, having that, having, um, help in some way, like I said, wherever you seek that out, but ultimately is leaning on God's word and his promises and his truths and knowing that, um, through him we have redemption and, um, without him we have no hope and saying that, um, our hope is in Christ and what he did on the cross and that's why I can get through and talk about Elijah's because I have that hope in Christ and I have those promises. And so I would just encourage anyone that's walking any battle, any trial, um, whether you feel your, your life is shattering when you get the news of cancer or the heartbeat's not there or I'm sorry, you're not pregnant again um, or you just got the call that you've lost a loved one. Just in those in those moments, lean on the hope of Christ and His promises and His truths, and just knowing um, that I pray for that peace that God gave me because I know without that peace um, and my relationship with Him and and now the restoration um, of Adam and just what He has done in our marriage and what He has done in our life now of of seeing the picture that God gave us of what our marriage is like now and just continuously looking back and in all of his promises and just leaning on him. So thank you for that. Adam, would you, have, would you like to add something too? Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We can rest assured with any trial, with anything that we're going through, that God's glory will be had 
uh, that we can glorify him no matter what we're going through because he's worthy of being glorified. Um, I would just encourage you through any trial to uh, have the right perspective. Uh, look at how God is moving. Look at how God is going to glorify himself. Look at how God could glorify himself. Uh, there's there's many ways in any situation that that can happen. And uh, if we look at all the hurt and the emotional stuff that comes along with it, uh, we can get lost in, in ourselves and in our grief. But we have to know. But God, he will make a way. Uh, he will be glorified. And we will trust in his promises. Thank you for that. And you too, thank you for sharing your hearts today. I know that um, reliving that sometimes is probably difficult. I can't imagine. Uh, but you have been an encouragement to me. And I know you will be to the listeners. So again, thank you for your willingness to be here and share your story. Thank you, thank you for having us. This concludes episode one of our But God series. We pray that you've been blessed and encouraged by what was shared today. I look forward to sharing many more testimonies of the goodness of our God through great trials. Until next time, God bless. Mm -hmm.